it takes 30 seconds to have an emotion move through us if we actually just turn towards it and face it. You know, and so many of my clients, they've been running away from and trying to make sure they don't feel anything, which is why they use food to numb and all that kind of stuff. And it's normal. All human beings do it. We live to avoid pain and suffering, right? But getting that, like exactly what you're saying, that turning towards that pain and suffering, that uncomfortable feeling is actually the access to freedom. It's the access to joy. This is for the others out there the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today on the podcast, we have Leslie M. Thornton. Leslie is a female entrepreneur, podcast host, and transformational leader in the coaching and consciousness industry. Leslie is a registered nurse with a professional certifications and training in coaching, cutting-edge subconscious mind modalities, including hypnosis, and tools that allow for permanent weight loss experience and overall life satisfaction. She's the host of a top-charted podcast on iTunes, Hypnosis for Permanent Weight Loss. This was honestly one of my favorite conversations I've had. If you're someone who is looking to improve your relationship with food, then this is a must listen. It will really challenge the way that you think about things currently. But even if not, like for myself, it was mind-blowingly insightful. The philosophies, approaches, and mindset shifts that Leslie offers here really can be grounded down and applied across the board. Give her a follow on Instagram at Leslie M. Thornton, and tune into her podcast for more. Ladies and gentlemen, Leslie Thornton. Leslie, hello. It's so great to see you. Good morning. Good morning, Joshua. Thank you. Nice to see you as well. It's fun. It was fun being on your podcast the other week, and now it's the tables have turned. I get to pick your brain and <laughs> get your story out here. Absolutely. Happy to share, and it was great having you on my podcast too, Joshua. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to just take a take a dive into the deep end, you know, and talk about the real stuff. <laughs> I feel like we don't do that enough. Absolutely. I was actually just talking to Lisa this morning. She actually did the polar plunge in her shower this morning of nice. getting herself all cold and staying with it. And she was like, I actually didn't freak out. So it made a difference for people. <laughs> so good. I love that. Yeah, the surrender component was uh, it was big. And I'm sure that ties in with your with your audience and with your with your clients as well. Absolutely. Um, well, I'd, I'd love to just kind of, uh, it's a fascinating topic, the the things that you teach and coach about and work clients through, hypnosis for permanent weight loss. Like that headline alone is just pretty wild. So how, how do you unpack that when someone asks, 
what do you actually do, Leslie? Like, what what is your what is your go to response? Yeah, absolutely. Helping people stop obsessed about food and dieting and weight, and kind of get getting that you know exactly what we were talking about around surrender. That mm. you know the way to stop obsessing is to actually let go of all those thoughts. And the hypnosis is one of many tools that I teach to help people's minds slow down and to help let go of that energetic attachment or mental attachment to, I need to lose weight, I need to lose it fast. You know, oh my gosh, the scale's going up, it's going down, all that kind of panicky kind of thinking and fear-based thinking that causes people to just stay really stuck. So really helping people to, you know, A, again, slow the mind using the hypnosis, and then B, start to, you know, put in place different kinds of thoughts, learning how to be loving and compassionate to yourself, build that relationship with yourself, and then start taking action on what you actually really care about in your life, as if Mm. you had already lost the 10, 20, 30, 50 pounds, whatever someone's goal is, and seeing that by doing it kind of the backwards way, that's how the weight can actually come off automatically without you even having to think about it. Wow. That's powerful stuff. Did you did you do this to yourself? Like did you did you have your journey with this? I did, absolutely. So definitely grew up with that diet mentality and you know, ever since I was eight years old, kind of heard that I had a slower metabolism than my sisters. And then from there I just kind of made it my project of being very aware of calories in, calories out, exercise, workout. Right. Um, I come from a family who is primarily in the health background. Mom's a nurse, dad's a physical therapist. So health was everywhere and awareness of body weight and, and fat and calories was everywhere as well. And so, you know, just that became an obsession and, and became like, you know, I felt higher than high when my weight was down and lower than low when my weight was low. And finally got to the end of my rope after studying abroad in Oaxaca, Mexico in 2010. I had gained a whole bunch of weight fast. It was my first time being away from my family and my parents to be able to judge like, oh, it looks like you've gained some weight or lost some weight or whatever. I was like, nobody here knows me. So I just let myself go and I was fat and happy until I wasn't. About six months back into the United States, you know, in back in American diet culture kind of stuff looking at myself in the mirror one day and just feeling like I am super unhappy with the way that my body looks, the way my pants are fitting. um, And I know that I can never go on another diet again. So at that point, it was like, I'm either going to learn how to be fat and happy for the rest of my life, or I'm going to figure this thing out. You know, how come some people obsess about this and some people don't? And there must be a way. And I surrendered at that point. Mm. and kind of continued on my journey and then ended up finding hypnosis. And as a registered nurse, right, it was like, what is this crap? You know, (laughs) like if this actually worked, why wouldn't they have taught me this in nursing school? But desperate times cause for desperate measures. And, you know, I started reading all about hypnosis and then I actually hypnotized myself and woke up the next day feeling a way I had never, ever felt before. Um, I was very aware of the fact that normally my thoughts would immediately be about food, body, and weight. Uh, But for whatever reason this morning, there was like this little tingling kind of feeling or appearance in the air. And it felt like I was for the first time ever like sitting back in my body, kind Mm. of being aware of what was happening, but not having to react to it. And, you know, from there on, it was just kind of like that panicky feeling went away that would cause me to sometimes impulsively eat. 
And so I was able to, you know, go to parties and not be anxious or there could be cookies in the fridge or on top of the fridge. And I wouldn't be thinking about it 24 seven when, you know, hoping that people will go to bed soon so I could have as many of those as I want, like these crazy obsessive behaviors. And I was Mm. super successful in all the other areas of my life. But this was just an area that I just couldn't figure out. So Um, That freedom just helped me to be able to just, I mean, then I just started being able to focus on so many other things in my life and have accomplished major things as a result and now helping other people do the same. Insane. That's so inspiring. I love that. When that fork in the road, it seems like there was a fork in the road where you could have gone one direction and like you said, just submitted to the decision to just be fat and happy as you, as you said, or to figure it out like what what led you to choosing the path of like I'm going to give this another shot I'm going to figure this out well to be honest during that time I mean I went to a therapist at first a school therapist on my college campus and was kind of sharing with her about this stuff and she was saying well you know it's about four weeks until your graduation this is a lot bigger topic to be able to tackle in that time so she gave me a couple helpful tips uh, and kind of sent me on my way so For a while, you know, I actually did a cross-country trip after I graduated nursing school, wasn't ready to settle down yet, and had a friend who was driving uh, cross-country, and uh, my sister lived in San Francisco at the time, so she was nice enough to let me come and stay with her for a while. And so while I was on that journey, I was kind of discovering myself a little bit. I was kind of the type of person who was head down, just like, I'm going to go through all my schooling and do everything that I have to do, but not really picking my head up to like ask myself, who am I or what do I care about? So I actually spent a bunch of time in San Francisco and went to the San Francisco Public Library every day and, you know, was taking out as many books or documentaries that I could to kind of start my own education of things I was interested in, you know, musicians and artists and cool things like that. And I wasn't even looking for, you know, anything like that around weight loss or whatever, but then, you know, found this book on hypnosis and that's when it all kind of began. So to answer your question, it, it just wasn't really clear. It was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, and mm-hmm. then something showed up one day. And that whole, I mean, manifestation in and of itself, you know, it's like you hit that point, you kind of give up, and then you stay present. And that's often when I find that the gifts or the blessings come right in. Yeah. And do you find it difficult to stay present, especially in those moments when you might not see the path unfolding? That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. And pro- and definitely the hardest part of my clients as they're going through this journey, because it's like, you know, one of the principles, you know, by week four, we're challenging people to eat foods that they're scared of, you know, and, mm. and kind of like, yeah, go towards those things. And sometimes people gain a little bit of weight on that journey. And it's terrifying of like, okay, you're telling me that the way to stop obsessing is to go towards the thing that scares me the most and maybe it's going to cause a little bit of weight gain, right? But then you're telling me that on the other side of that is the freedom from the obsession and being able to expand your life in all these phenomenal ways. Um, So it's very challenging, you know, to go through those times of the unknown. But you have to, that drive and that intention for being free has to be stronger than the pain and the fear of not knowing. Mm. And do you find that that helps you keep faith and your clients keep faith as well is is just reminding yourself of the drive of the why of the reason 
100%. One of the things I teach about is keeping your intention high in your mind because your mind will keep telling you stories about why you should go back, why you should do another diet again, right? Why this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I remember that happening, you know, to myself on my path and then just, you know, getting that coaching for myself of being like, think about where you were before you started this journey, right? The obsession, the crazy thinking, the da 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 da. Like, do you want to go back to that? Right. And if the answer is yes, then go ahead, start that diet again. Right. But if the answer is like, oh, Mm -hmm. my God, that pain was awful. I never want to go back to that. Then it's like, okay, then let's stay with it and then focus on where it is that you really want to be and just commit again and again. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to where it is that I want to be. Ooh, I like that. One of the lines that I always I always use whenever I'm in like a discipline mode, whether it's training or doing something that I'm working towards. And this is a line that a a friend shared with me that I really like. It's, can you stand the loneliness of discipline? (laughs) Because it can feel, it can feel lonely. It can certainly feel lonely at times. And, um, and just like understanding that and opening up to that and being like, yeah, it might feel lonely when you're the only one doing something or you're saying no to other things or other people to say yes to yourself. So that totally reminds me of that right there. Exactly. It's just the neuroplasticity and going against the grain of old habits, you know, and I had the habits of like all of, you know, everybody that everybody follows of like the most successful people in the world and the routines and the, you know, eating perfect meals and no sugar, and no flour and weighed and measured and gym. And like I was I was doing that. I had the neuropathways carved in that people would like, oh, my gosh, how do I do that? Right. But then getting to a point where it was like, this is not being authentic to who I am. And, you know, it's very isolating to not be able to, you know, socialize with my family because I have all these hard and fast rules or right. And then it just got to a point where it wasn't okay. And so to do the opposite of like, okay, well, Mm. now I'm not having those habits that people are aspiring to. And I'm going, you know, I'm, you know, doing the discipline thing to, be free from that and to like be able to have what I want when I want. And so, yeah, it's kind of backwards, but either way, no matter what goal you have to do, it requires that discipline. And there is that, you know, isolation or loneliness of having to do it. But thank God we have coaching to be able to support you so that you're not the only one. And community. I mean, I can only imagine how powerful the group component of the coaching that you do is to be able to know that, these other people have other people that are that are going through the same thing together that are supporting each other through that because it's it, it, it takes a village. Absolutely. I have people who are graduating at the same time that certain people are starting. And obviously, they're still like wondering, is this actually going to work and skeptical? Right, but right. just the other day, the graduate, she was just like, I'm so happy and free. I don't care about the scale. I love the way that I look. I love the, my clothes and the way they're feeling mm. on my body, you know, and it just gives people so much hope to be like, wow, this is where I can be in just eight weeks. It's such so a good. vital component. It really is. It gives people you know, faith and belief and, and evidence. <laughs> that's what we need. And, and that's all we're doing in life in general is we're just finding evidence to support our beliefs. And so to have that evidence that, hey, this actually can work to support that belief, I'm sure that just makes such a difference. It's essential. 
Absolutely. And those beliefs are so strong, you know, uh, you know, I primarily work with women, but I have, you know, a, a few men that come through all the time. And, mm -hmm. but you know, the belief of I can't attract my soulmate if my body is bigger, like that is, mm. and like, I used to have that one for myself. Right. But then it's realizing like, no, actually, if you don't love and accept your body, you're probably going to get somebody who actually doesn't love and accept your body either. Right. right? And it's not in alignment. So you know, just, oh gosh, all the beliefs that come along with this is, it's just really, wow, they're really in there. Certainly. This is such a, such an amazing approach, Leslie, because you're, you're really like, you're transcending the goal entirely. Like people come in and they're like, I want to lose the weight or I want to, you know, look better. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll get to that. But the path to that is very different. You're just transcending the goal to where the end. It's like I, this, the number on the scale is just a number. That's those are some massive shifts. Do you see that as like transcending the actual goal itself? Oh my gosh, absolutely. My clients sometimes hate me at first in the beginning because it's just like to let go of that attachment to like have to lose the weight. The number has to be, you know, different, all this kind of stuff at first. And it's just reiterating over and over again, the way to have what you want is to let go of the attachment to needing it right? It's that obsession and that I have to have it and like holding onto it with clenched fists. Like that's why it's not able to happen. So yes, we have to transcend that in order to get you through it. Wow. Do you, do you think that's because we're just, when, when we have that energetic stance or that, that mindset, because we're just putting so much focus and attention on what we actually don't want? Is that what's happening? What do you think is happening? So ask me the question again. Yeah, when when we're holding like when the thing that we're obsessing over that we want so badly, like why is that holding us from actually having that? Yeah, well, Abraham Hicks, you know, talks about the path of, you know, going down the path of least resistance and, and going downstream, right, versus going upstream. And, you know, just the whole thing of, uh, yeah, that, you know, always like trying to work out, trying to focus on your diet, trying to do all this kind of stuff, like you're working really hard. And then the whole premise is of like when you let go, when you're just like, OK, like I give up with that the same way that I did. It's like then the universe has the opportunity to like give you the gifts that you need the same way that I was given the gift of hypnosis after I surrendered, you know, um, you know, also there was a part where I surrendered and all of a sudden like my mom gives me this cookbook and I hadn't cooked in a long time because I had been traveling and it was like. I thought I wasn't going to cook at all, but then I did open up that book and now all of a sudden I'm cooking again. And like the mm. more that I just let go, the more that all of those good things just came in automatically. So it like got you into the flow and, you know, all of manifestation when we're actually studying the science of this is like, you know, and everybody talks about how it was the moment that I gave up on dating that I found my soulmate. <laughs> right. You right. know, you like that all the time. Exactly. Like it's the moment that I like totally gave up on finding my dream job that I get this email saying we want to have you to work for our company. It's the best job you can imagine. So there's just all this evidence. And now science is starting to prove that when you surrender and when you let go. And here's the other thing about being a human being is that we do need to go through. So, you know, when I find my people who are really ready, they've done every diet under the sun. Mm. They've they've done everything. And it's like, they're so exhausted and we do need to kind of exhaust ourselves and prove to ourselves that like, okay, I can't do it this way. Like none of this stuff works. So guess I'm gonna go for something crazy like hypnosis the same way that I did. But that's right. the part that when the magic can start to happen. So, mm. you know, not to, you know, beat yourself up if you're still on that, 
hamster wheel. And I say to people, you know, if you're still inspired by doing a diet, then please go do it. When you get burnt out and you can't do it anymore, then call me back. Right. Yeah. Because we need you to a place where you're like, I can't do another diet again. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. We need you, you surrendered. Hands yep. up. Yep. Right? Exactly. Do, do you think that the reason that we hold on to the struggle, like what you're talking about to me seems like just giving up the struggle and oftentimes, and I found this was well for myself personally, is life will force us to the point where we have no other choice but to give up the struggle, right? And we're all at different points on that, and we can jump to those different points at different different places, different phases in our life. But do you think that, like, why, why do we like the struggle? Why are we addicted to the struggle? Is it an identity thing? Why do we hold on to it? Yeah, well, I even remember, you know, hearing a couple of your stories about injuring yourself and how that led you right. down different paths. And I see that all the time where it's like, we will create these really awful scenarios for us, including manifesting diseases in our own bodies or creating cancer for ourselves or right that it's like whatever is necessary to get us to snap back into like mm. getting present to your life like I've read countless amounts of stories of people who you know get a diagnosis with cancer and then just immediately because of that they quit their job they you know start doing all these things that they really feel that they've been wanting to do probably for a very long time but haven't been brave enough to do it right and then all of a sudden their health comes back you know and that cancer is cured right if if things are good sometimes people don't get that lucky but and that's right. why i'm so passionate about this work is because i literally see it as being the cure for cancer and these diseases because it's like if you keep going down that path and you keep getting into you know an accident over and over again you know like at what point do you start to pay attention and listen and start to get onto a different path um so why do we do that you know i don't really know exactly why we do that all that i can you know remember from my studies with you know abraham hicks and stuff is like that human beings you know that's what we do that sometimes you know maybe we just need to prove to ourselves that that we can't control it because at the end of the day it's a control game i think that's all human beings main thing is you know control versus surrender and letting go of control how do you know when to control how do you know when not to control and obviously yeah. diets are a very controlled, you know, type of situation and kind of speaking of that. So a lot of the stuff that um, I work with clients on is emotional mastery. And so, you know, finding that whenever we feel something happens and it really messes with our emotions. So you and I aren't in business, you know, say a client has, you know, a reaction to something. And then, you know, now all of a sudden I'm having a reaction to something. I watched myself before I had done this work immediately cling on to a diet because I was feeling out of control of my emotions. So I was like, I can't control my emotions. So therefore mm. I'm going to control the first thing that I know that I can control so that I can feel better faster. Right. And so our goal is to get you to feel, you know, no matter what's happening, like that you have authority over the way that you're feeling inside of yourself and can take back control without having to lose focus on what you really care about and start focusing on these artificial things like looking good or controlling what it is that you're putting in your mouth every day. Right. Wow. It's and and so much of what I've learned from the Abraham Hicks work as well is that the only reason we want something is because we believe we'll feel better in the having of it. And the kind of the the key or the shortcut to that is that we can feel better now. Like we can we can feel better before we actually have that thing. And when you do that, when you can get to that place where you feel better when I can feel good unconditionally without looking at the scale to reflect it when I can feel good without without being fully healthy or whatnot when I can feel that state of health then it's it shifts it transition it just 
it transforms instantly. Absolutely. Human beings are motivated by emotions, you know? So it's like most of us, without having this awareness or consciousness, will feel a bad emotion and take action based on the emotion or just any emotion. And what we do in, in my work is really get clear on what are the thoughts that you're thinking that are creating that emotion to happen in your body. And so when it comes to being able to control, you know, the way that you feel and knowing, hey, even if you are 50 pounds overweight, you can still be energized and excited and happy and living your life. You know, we think we have it because we get that high from losing weight and all that kind of stuff that the only way that I can feel that good is if I am perfect with my diet every day. It's like, ooh, what if that's absolutely not true? Like, what if you could learn how to change the thoughts that you're thinking in your brain? Like, I'm fat, I'm not good enough, I always fail, you know, what's wrong with me, right? And then first of all, become aware that that's the thought that you're thinking and then using the tools to actually change that thought, reframe it, turn it around, and then noticing that as soon as you do that, you feel better, your motivation comes back, your energy comes back, right? And now it's like, oh, what do I wanna do? I wanna go for a walk. Like, I want to drink a glass of water. Like, it's natural that we wanna take care of ourselves but the reason that we're not automatically doing that on a regular basis is because we're feeling not good in our body because we're not being the authority over what's going on in hmm. the mind. It's it's acting from a place of abundance versus lack. Absolutely. Yep. And it seems like a lot of us are we're drinking the green juice because we feel like we're missing it and we need it to make us feel better versus feeling good and drinking the green juice to amplify the feeling of feeling good or choosing to do it from that place. It's a totally different place. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, you know, having the green juice and all that kind of stuff, it does help us to feel better. But the whole thing is getting that, you know, life is not always feeling that like we're not always going to be able to drink green juice, right. you know, like we're humans, there's going to be parties, there's going to be things, there's going to be suffering and pain and grief and loss. And maybe we use food to comfort or whatever. But it's just getting that it's, you know, you you don't have to just rely on the green juice, you know, and then yeah. to the point of what you're saying as well, Joshua is, you know, having that um, any action that you're taking from a disempowering place. So say you're like, I'm going to start drinking green juice every day. But what motivated you to start doing that is the fact that you're feeling really bad about yourself, you know, and like the fact that you're lonely or the fact that you're whatever that is for a human being, right? It's you're not actually uh, working on the foundation thing that's not working of the fact that you're doing something from a place of motivated by fear thoughts or mm. lack thoughts rather than love self-loving thoughts. And like, you know, what would feel amazing to me like. I would absolutely love to have a shake every day, you know? It's like, okay, cool, let's do that. Instead of like this, like, you need to fix yourself fast because you're failing at life. I can't believe you had a drink last weekend with your friends. Like, now you're bloated and you feel bad. How dare you? Like, that's the stuff we need to work on so that you can have that abundance and that, you know, thinking that really leads you to great places and that freedom. Yeah. So just day to day, it's like things happen. And it's like, you know, when we're in a diet place or, or we're trying to be really strict and rigid and all that kind of stuff, we're trying to make it impossible for our brain to go to those places that are dark. You know, it's like this false sense of control again of like, well, when I never eat gluten, I was just working with a client who yesterday who she hasn't eaten gluten for 15 years. And then she took on the challenge and she had a bagel right yesterday. And then you know, her stomach was hurting her a little bit, you know, afterwards. So then her brain, because of the stomach hurting, is saying, it's my fault. I shouldn't have eaten that bagel. Da, 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 da. And what I said to her was like, 
this is actually amazing and good for you for taking on this challenge because if we never allowed your brain to go to all those bad places because you think gluten is bad and therefore I'm mm -hmm. bad, then we're not going to be able to heal those thoughts and those that relationship with yourself that's so negative, right? And um, so once she changed that belief around of like, you know, I'm actually awesome. Like I took a challenge. I'm here to change my relationship with food and myself. Like she started feeling better. And then she was able to come back around and say to me, I've never felt so happy in my life to be able to go into a coffee shop and be able to order a bagel just like everybody else. Like she's wow. like, so, you know, so there's so much isolation in dieting, you know, and trying to be perfect all the time. And yes, maybe you're mastering being super spelt or whatever, but is it worth that connection? What I said to her was like, now you have that feedback, your, your stomach hurt a little bit after the gluten, but now you get to decide whether or not you want to have that gluten or not in the future. You know, you may decide, no, I actually am happier without it. Or you may like it once in a while and it might be worth the stomach ache because you get to have a bagel with your family once in a while. Right. It's just a whole different you're in, trajectory. You're in control in a way in that situation where you, you have the ability to decide and, and you're not narrowing yourself or limiting yourself off from it. It's all about empowered choices. Like I get to choose my reality in every moment. You know, like I can choose to have the bagel or I can choose to have the salad, but there's no good, bad, right or wrong. It's just everything is an empowered choice. And knowing that no matter what happens as the results of any choice you make, whether it's a stomach ache or whatever, right? Like you have the tools to not feel the pain and suffering that we feel before we have them, you know, that that has us go back to the diet again and again and again. It's like, oh, now I can just go moment by moment and stay in the present moment all the time. And it's like, do I want a bagel? No. Maybe tomorrow I want one. Maybe I don't. Like, it's not like I'm gluten free. I'm dairy free. I'm, it's just like, mm. how about you just have whatever your body's asking for in that moment? And what if it doesn't mean anything? <laughs> wow. It, it, it aligns so much with the work that I've done and do with some of my clients too. And you do as well around just like sitting, like leaning into your emotions and the thing, the obstacle is the way, the thing that scares you the most is the thing that you need to actually turn and face. I was just talking the other day to a friend about how it's it's like usually that that shadow of the monster that we feel like is chasing us that we're running away from and we like want to keep the blinders on and not look back. If we actually just stop and turn back, I find every time I stop and turn back, it's just a cute little chihuahua and the light's just hitting it a certain way that makes it look like a scary monster's chasing me. But at the end of the day, it's just like, oh, that's not, but it's that act of turning and facing it. 100%. There's like the, you know, the, it's in a meditation mindfulness kind of principle of you're either pulling on something or you're pushing something away. Like I'm going to indulge in this or I'm going to just make sure that I don't feel it. And when we can have that total peace and freedom and inner peace and all of that kind of stuff, it's when we actually can just sit and be with what is. And just mm. like you're saying, just like we can put a light on that and realize it's not so scary. And maybe we're gonna cry for a second the way that we're naturally supposed to do as humans, like emotion is energy in motion that moves through our bodies, right? So then we're able to then, it's like, it takes 30 seconds to have an emotion move through us if we actually just turn towards it and face it. You know, and so many of my clients, they've been running away from and trying to make sure they don't feel anything, which is why they use food to numb and all that kind of stuff. And it's normal. All human beings do it. We are we live to avoid pain and suffering. Right. But getting that like exactly what you're saying, that turning towards that pain and suffering, that uncomfortable feeling is actually the access to freedom. It's the access to joy. 
It's the access to happiness. It's the same as you see a baby just go crazy crying for a second and then right after they're done, they're giggling and laughing in the next second, right? But we become adults and then all of a sudden it's like, we can't cry, we can't get angry, we can't do anything negative or feel anything bad. And then it just elongates this and then we never experience joy, we never experience freedom or inner peace. Yeah, we just hold on to it, just builds up, <laughs> builds up walls and walls yeah, and layers. and then your weight gets bigger and bigger because that's how much emotion is locked inside of you and that's when we get sick. You know, I used to work as a nurse and I just saw people have, you know, diseases and cancer and they would just say to me, you know, if I ever knew my life was going to come to an end this fast, I would have done so many things different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've read enough stories of people who get, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I've done some work with him and, you know, he studied spontaneous remissions of people. And what he found, you know, from all of those people that he studied, not everybody believed in God, not everybody did a juice cleanse, not everybody fasted, not everybody did chemo, not ev everybody did something different. But the one thing they all had in common was that whatever method of treatment that they chose, they believed with 100% certainty that that method was the thing that was going to cure them, which again mm. points to that whole surrender kind of concept. Um, but yeah, there's just so much power in going towards what's hard right yeah it points towards the surrender concept and the belief concept to have the belief that this can work and this can work for me this will work oh, yeah so what what do you what do you think the biggest misconception about dieting is that people have oh boy the biggest misconception about dieting well i think even you know just obviously american culture my travels around the world really helped me out a lot <laughs> because i got to see that in australia all women typically are bigger you know in india like women are way bigger right in mexico you know women are bigger and it's like celebrated it's like wow this is a sign of abundance and like the nurturer and like now we have this nice warm lap and cushion to like nurture our children on and all of that kind of stuff so i think just in general the fact that skinnier is better you know mm -hmm. is just something that i see in american culture that is just like who says that you know there's a research study called health at every size and it literally has been proven that you know body size and weight and that kind of stuff has no indication about how how healthy you are at all um and then also just getting the impact of you know what diets do to your mind uh and your body obviously um you know that we think that it's healthy and it's helpful but you know and and i'm not saying that there isn't like a healthy way if you're just coming from an inspired you know action and like loving yourself and taking care of yourself to follow something that makes you feel good like that's not what i'm talking about but again that place of you know i'm not good enough i'm fat oh my god this is scary i'm gaining weight da 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 da, da. and then day in day out you're white knuckling it to make sure you don't lose the diet but then what happens is is that when we're doing that we're not being authentic to our actual desires are because like again, we're humans. Sometimes we want a piece of cake, you know, like sometimes you want some ice cream, like, okay. So then, you know, you're trying so hard not to do that. And then you, you know, have a stressful day, you have the ice cream and that's when the binging starts, you know, that's when the, so I get clients all the time who will be like, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. Like I know the science behind this stuff and da da da. And I say, listen, I get it. I know all the science behind it as well. You know, I come from diet mentality. And I said, but let me ask you this. Are there ever times when, you know, despite you're saying you don't eat gluten and dairy, that you're binging on that stuff because you're trying so hard not to eat it? And they're like, 
yep. <laughs> like, okay, so do we think that that works? It's like knowing makes no difference. We might know what happens when we have gluten and dairy in the body, right? But if you're, because you're denying yourself of that 24-7, uh, you know, it creates those binges later. It's the same thing as, you know, you tell a kid, like, you are never allowed to have candy. Like, you can't have anything sweet. Like, you just forbid it. They're crazy about it. Right. You know, they're just going to be like, where's the candy? I want the candy. You know what I mean? Just like nuts. And then as soon as they get it, they're going to have it all. And it's going to be a mess. And it's like, that's what's happening to us. Right. But if you just like, if it's just like candy is the same as an apple, it's like, yeah, it's all food. Like, yeah, you know, we have awareness around, you know, what certain foods are like and how they make us feel and all these kinds of things. They might choose an apple because it's like, I want, I feel like an apple. Right? It's the whole forbidden fruit effect. You tell Adam and Eve you can't have this one apple in the orchard. It's like, of course they had it. Because it's like, what is that? Right. So, you know, by allowing all foods, it has us just eat, get into this place of balance where it's like, yeah, like, okay, now I'm eating like a quote unquote normal person. I never thought that that was possible. But the reason it wasn't was because you are so in the world of morality with food. This food is good. This food is bad. Can never have that. Can never have this. And that just puts you in this crazy place that just leads to disaster later, you know, if you're someone that's been in the diet mentality a long time. Right. Makes total sense. Do you find that when people make that shift around just taking it off the forbidden fruit list, if you will, that, that the relationship changes with it automatic, like right away? Does that happen pretty quickly? I can it imagine does it happen pretty quickly. Yep. As soon as they're aware of like, oh, wow, I am, as soon as I'm reaching for this certain food, I'm thinking bad, 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 right? You're not being present at all anymore. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're no, you know, now you're making yourself bad and you're not, again, like you're probably not digesting it the same way because you're like in the stress state as you're eating it, you know, which is <laughs> right. another thing in and of itself versus... You know, like in France, they're the skinniest people in the world. They indulge all the time. They have their wine. Right. They have their chocolate. They have their croissants, right? And they like have orgasms as they're eating these things. They're like, oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. this is amazing, right? It's like there's a direct correlation totally. between like loving yourself, loving the food that you have and just balance, you know? And it's like, and so, yes, it does happen fast for most people. As long as you're doing the work of being aware of whenever you're making a food wrong and bad. And then reframing it in your mind of like, what if this food is okay? Then it allows people to be present in their body. And then you might at first go overboard, right? When I first started this work, it was like, well, I haven't let myself have sugar, you know, processed sugar in three years. So I'm eating way more of it than I would used to. But, you know, I was assured and I assure my clients that you do heat, hit a state of equilibrium with that. Um, but then realizing through making those mistakes of now letting go of rules, letting go of labels about food, that like, I don't actually want more than like what the perfect pure, like food pyramid says to have of sugar. It's like, gosh, when I have that much sugar, like I feel lethargic, I feel, oh, right? So then right. again, making that empowered choice of like, yes, I would like to have a little bit of that, but I don't want a lot of that because it doesn't make me feel good. You know, so it's like yep. we're able to follow the same rules that we're taught automatically when we take those labels away. Yeah, totally. I, I, I really and this might be an extreme example, but I believe that I could if I were to eat McDonald's and I would choose not to. It's been years since I've eaten eaten McDonald's. But if I if I chose to eat McDonald's, I believe that it would have a healthier effect on my body than somebody else who is eating a salad out of spite. Like, I really believe that 
<laughs> that like it, it could do better. Again, that's why I love the Dr. Joe Dispenza work too around the mind, the placebo effect as well. And I was just, in fact, I was just having a conversation with my mom the other day. She's like, oh, I was so good today. And then I just, and I went on a long walk and then I just ate all these French fries. And I, and I, and I said to her, I was like, that's great. It's actually, the carbs are really good for you after a long walk like that. Like you need the carbs. It's replenishing. Like you're actually, it's going to help you. It's going to help you start burning more. And I just just made, just pulled, pulled things out uh-huh. completely out of thin air uh-huh. and just made things up that sounded good. And she's like, I buy that. Okay. And like, <laughs> I, nice. I, and uh, obviously <laughs> she'll, she'll hear this and probably that's imagine, awesome. But yeah, but it's like, I think what we buy into what we believe, I think it has such an effect on that. Absolutely. Yep. It's all about belief. I had a client the other day and you can even hear in what your mom was saying. And I hear this all the time. I was being good all day. Right. right. And then I had those French fries and now all of a sudden the whole day, it doesn't matter the fact that she takes a long walk. It doesn't matter the right. fact that she had an awesome breakfast. Our brains focus on our failures or the places that were right, because that's just what our brains do. So to actually, that's a big part of what my clients are doing. It's like, yes, okay, you had, you know, a handful of chips or whatever, or you had a whole bag of chips. What did you do well? Right. And it's like literally training the brain to look at the good Mm. stuff so that, you know, when you're what you focus on grows. So it's like, well, I'm motivated to keep going because of that. Or maybe I can, you know, add something in to prevent that. But yeah, all of that kind of stuff and and the diet mentality and good, bad, right and wrong and belief. Yeah, it's all part of it. It matters big time. What do you what advice do you have? I'm just curious. Or what advice do you give to your clients when they're going on vacation? I can imagine that if they're going on vacation or traveling, it can create a pretty chaotic environment. Absolutely. Well, I have clients a lot that will be like, well, I want to do your program, but I'm going on vacation. And so I feel like I want to start after the vacation. And I have to reiterate to them, like, I get that. And just, this is I, not I, a diet. I think, right? I, I I pity the fool that has that says that to, to Leslie on a call. <laughs> oh my, yeah, you know I just, me like, well. I, I love Leslie's response to that. Oh That's great. my gosh, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yep, totally get that. So The thing is, is that I say to them that we want as many experiences while you're in this program that trigger you to happen while you're here, right? Because, and the same thing with when clients, you know, I find out that they had been binging leading up to their first call, even if it was like a day or two later, you know, because they, they, it's diet mentality. That's like, I'm not going to be able to eat these foods again. So we binge leading up to that because it's that scarcity mindset and all that kind of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's getting that, you know, Vacations are part of life. I traveled all around the world when I was on this super strict diet. And I've got to tell you, I didn't enjoy it half as much as I would have if I had already gotten past, you know, this mental stuff that I had to go through because I was constantly, first of all, I was surrounded by other, you know, travelers that were eating candy bars and, you know, think fast food and all this kind of stuff. And I'm over here like trying to eat my nuts and apple and like, be perfect, but it was like, it was painful, you know? And I've talked to other people who have said the same thing of like, I've traveled to amazing places, but I haven't been able to enjoy it because I always am constantly Mm. scared that I'm going to gain weight while I'm away. Right. So it's just like such a normal thing. But again, it's, you know, when you're able, and then every day feels like a vacation because you're allowing any food on any day. So then you get on vacation and it's like, there's nothing special about what you can eat versus not eat because technically you can order that croissant on a Monday mm. morning. And then it makes it so that you're not overindulging in those things because it's like there's no charge on that food because good, bad, right, and wrong and special goes away. 
And then again, you're just always present with your body and giving yourself to permission to have whatever you want, whenever you want it. So good. The, the parallels to this, to just general life philosophy or when it comes to routine or ritual or productivity or just achievement in any way is just astounding to me. This is, and, and this connects a lot of dots for me as well, because I've always, I've always said too with clients when they're working on, uh, you know, I got to get a morning routine in place. And what I found is like, I, I did all those things too. I would, I dieted my morning routine, if you will. And I had like, here's what I will do. Here's what I won't do. It was like super, super strict in the box about it. And it became dogmatic after some time. And then it became something that I had resistance towards. And, and I finally got to this place now where I'm at, where it's less of a routine and more of a ritual, as I, as I say, which, which, which means it's a choice. And, and, and one of the best advice that I got, and this happens with the cold too. I got this from a mentor who was helping me through the cold. Uh, in my first trip out in Iceland. And he kept saying, make it a choice, make it a decision, get centered to the place where you're making it a decision to go. And you're not going in because you have to, you're going in because you want to, you're doing this because you want to. I wake up and I do my morning ritual. I, I brew my coffee. I listen to my Abraham Hicks. I write in my journal because I want to, because I, 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 I feel like I, I am giving myself what I need when I'm doing that. And that's such a, it's such a big perspective shift. Oh my I feel gosh. Like. It's, it's the difference between staying consistent on something over a long period of time and just falling off and having it be like the next crash diet. Right. So, uh. you know, having the, the, the routine and all that kind of stuff, it's like, I think that there is a time and place for that. You know, that's why I say, you know, the, I'm happy that people have gone through all the diets so that they, you know, have all of the instances of what it feels like to be perfect and all of that kind of stuff. But the reason that they're falling off and then experiencing the pain and suffering when they're not following that thing perfectly is because they're not actually being authentic to themselves and what it is that they actually love and like and what's going to inspire them. So, you know, it's just like, what exactly, what is that ritual for you where it doesn't feel like tick, 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 like you're a drill sergeant in the box, but it's like, this makes me inspired. It makes me joyful. This is creative. And then giving yourself permission to change that because it's like the only thing that's constant is change. And it's like certain points of your path. It's like, you might not feel like you want to do that super hard workout or even day to day. It's like, but if you just have an intention of like, I know it feels great to move my body and I give myself permission to move my body in whatever way I want to every single day. Yep. And it doesn't matter how long it is. It doesn't matter anything, you know, then it's like you're going to do that for the rest of your life. Changes the game. So good. The consistency over time. It's I I always say that it's it's like uh, all these different things are tools in my tool belt. And some days I need the wrench. Some days I need the hammer. But I have access to do this versus like first I'm going to use the wrench for this, then the hammer. It's like some days you don't need that. Or the uh, another mentor shared with me that it's like having a you're painting a canvas every day is a new canvas, a new blank canvas. And some days the blue looks really good as you're painting or some days you don't want to touch the blue, but the red looks really good. The important thing is that you're painting and you're 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 sharing your creation and how that looks on a day to day basis might change. Sometimes I can get more inspiration from like taking a walk around the block and listening to one song that I really like than if I were to sit in meditation for an hour, right? Yeah. So it's like what what what's the goal here at the end of the day? Absolutely. Yeah, and even, you know, to expand even beyond the daily canvas is like looking at your whole life as a canvas. You know, and that's something where it's like nothing is, you know, the same. So it's like one day you might feel really hungry and you might be snacky and you might eat a bunch. But it's like then the next day you might not be that hungry at all. And you might just have a couple things, you know, it's like allowing yourself to like 
ebb and flow and getting that, you know, when you're looking at the full canvas of your life versus like you have 24 hours to like paint this beautiful picture. It's like, this is your whole life that you can paint this amazing mural. And then it's like, it just expands out and you're not focused on like this, you know, this in and this out. It's just like, yeah, we had cake today and I had blueberries, you know, yesterday and (laughs) now we're balanced. Like, and that's what happens, you know, and you know, our bodies, yes, they're going to, they're going to grow and they're going to shrink. But like, if you stay in that place of the whole life canvas, it's like, it's going to stay within that because of all the concepts that we're talking about. That's so good. Um, so, so good. Uh, what, what advice do you give to somebody who is stuck in that diet mentality or they're just really in the in the heat of it or in the throes of that holding on to that diet mentality like what are some things you might offer to plant some seeds well first just saying i'm really sorry that for the pain and suffering that that has you know because if they're even coming to me talking about the diet mentality then they're obviously feeling the pains of what that brings to the table so just that acknowledgement first of all that it's really painful and I really understand that and it's like not their fault. It's not their fault at all that they're in that circumstance. We, you know, we grew up in a society where, you know, you're supposed to be skinny and you have to be beautiful and all these kinds of things. Um and just kind of letting them know that there is a way out and just helping them get present to like, you know, like why why does getting out of that matter to you like what are you missing out on because of this pain and suffering you know and helping them really paint that dream of being like wow if i didn't have to obsess about food and weight and body anymore like i think i might start my own business or i might you know be more present i hear this all the time about wanting to be able to be more present with their family like they might actually have energy to you know read with their kid at night or you know, go on a family trip and not be panicked about, you know, oh my God, what if we go on that trip and I eat that ice cream? And you know what I mean? Just like all the thoughts that have people not be present. So um, yeah, I get it. It's painful. It's not your fault. And there is a way out. And, you know, what do you want to create once you create that? And then here's the avenue to get past it. And it's going to be challenging and it's going to cause you to have to go backwards in your brain to to get out of it but if you want your dream bad enough then here we go yeah beautiful i got chills uh leslie this has been awesome i know we're coming up on time here for you so you can keep rocking and rolling and bringing these amazing shifts to your clients but uh, i just want to thank you for for coming on i feel super inspired with this from this conversation and it's connected a lot of dots for me in my in my life past you know, I, I'm thankfully that I, I have a good relationship with food and, and same thing like you were talking about and in my life. But the other aspects of how this translates over to the other to the other aspects of life has been super enlightening for me. So thank you very, very much for the amazing work you do. I don't know if you have anything else you want to you want to share in closing to uh, to anybody listening. Yeah, well, I'm glad that it's been like that for you. And thanks for having me. And I guess the you know final piece of wanting to say of you know, how, you know, consider the fact that, you know, for anyone listening, that your success is on the other side of that thing. You know, it's like we so often, again, you know, are trying to put the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart or whatever that is. But it's like, you know, we distract ourselves with these thoughts, but like consider the fact that it's just helping you to stay small and prevent you from stepping into your greatness. And, you know, if you're being inauthentic with yourself, right, if you actually know that you love food, you love cooking, you love family time, you love that kind of stuff, and you're over there pretending that you're good with not ever eating sugar, flour, gluten, or dairy, or whatever that is, you know, like that inauthenticity 
is what's preventing you, right? As soon as I got authentic with myself of the fact that I love food, I love my family, I love to connect, right? And away from like trying to make sure I stay in that controlled place, that's when my business exploded, you know, because I was in alignment with me, right? So it's like you have to be in alignment with who you are. You have to be authentic to yourself, regardless of what everybody else is saying is the way to find success. Like maybe that's authentic to them. But if it's not your authentic truth, you will not find the happiness and success and inner peace that everybody's after. So that's the last thing that I'll say. Beautiful. And thank Beautiful. you so much for having me. Really appreciate it's it. A- Absolutely. This is an awesome conversation. I'll, we'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely continue this conversation because I think we can go some layers deeper as well. But um, for now, Leslie, thank you so much. Love to you. Thank you for the amazing work that you're doing and shifting hearts and minds left and right. Keep up the great work and uh, I'll see you around. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joshua. Take care. Bye-bye.